An astonishing last five laps, Hamilton recording his 100th race win and heartbreak from McLaren. This is the Russian Grand Prix. Hey guys, it's been a few races since the last episode, but welcome back everybody to the Formula One Cast podcast. In today's episode, Arno, Louis and I will be looking at and discussing the most recent Grand Prix, the Russian Grand Prix in Sochi followed by a more general discussion on the situation of the Drivers and Constructors Championship. The excitement for the Russian Grand Prix began on Saturday, where we saw free practice three being cancelled due to the rain. The rain continued on Saturday, but allowed qualifying to go ahead. In qualifying, Hamilton had a little bump in the pit lane, followed by a spin on his flying lap which meant a great opportunity for the likes of Norris and Sainz ending up on the front row, as well as George Russell ending up in third alongside Lewis Hamilton. This gave way for an exciting grid for the race on Sunday. Arno, what did you think of the grid, firstly? Well, hello, everyone. Um, I thought the grid was very interesting and quality as it was raining and then it got more dry as drivers were out on track and it stopped raining as you said, resulted for a very different and interesting grid. Um, and then simply, I thought that the Russian Grand Prix was, in my opinion, the best Grand Prix we've had this season. It was so tight. There were so many overtakes and everyone was so close together. I saw an infographic which said that Charles had a total of 18 overtakes, which is obviously a lot. And then I think what made it so tight was that there was so many DRS trains throughout the whole race, which uh, meant people stayed in close groups to each other and could constantly overtake on the back straight and every time there was DRS. And uh, yeah, overall, I just thought it was a very good race. I think near the end, obviously, it became very chaotic. And uh, as the track is so big, it was raining in different places at different times. So not all teams and not all drivers, I mean, uh, knew where the rain was. And that's why I think that the team should have told them for example, for McLaren, they know what the weather's like and what the reports are saying, yet they didn't force Lando to come into the box, and that's why he lost seven places and ended eighth instead of getting his win. And, uh, and then Hamilton got his 100th win. So I just think that for that scenario, it, it should have been McLaren's forceful decision to make Lando pit. Mm, what about that- you, Jack? I think I, I completely agree with you in terms of uh, how the race was extremely interesting and entertaining. Probably one of the best, or if not the best race so far. Um, regarding the um, the Norris incident, which caused him to not get his first F1 win, I personally believe that it was more of his fault rather than the team's fault. Yes, the team could have potentially, I mean, could have told him about the weather and did tell him about the weather, but he's the driver and he makes the main decisions for himself. And he made the wrong decision, in my opinion. Louis, what do you think? Yeah, no, I think Arno's view is quite interesting. Um, as I agree with you, Giacomo, um, you know, I think even after the race, obviously Norris felt quite guilty, but um, he did admit that it was his fault when he said, we made a call to stay out and we stand by that. It was a wrong one at the end of the day, but I made the decision just as much as a team. It was more that they thought I should box 
and I decided to stay out, which really highlighted for me that maybe it is due to the time he's been within the sport. You know, obviously seeing Hamilton, who um, only really didn't listen to his team's orders for um, a couple laps after being told to box, but ended up listening to his team. And I think that's an element of trust that he has built working with this team um, for such a long time now uh, that maybe Norris doesn't have yet. <clears throat> um, but I definitely think it's a learning experience for, for London Norris. Um, and hopefully, you know, it'll benefit his future. But uh, I definitely think that his race win will, um, will be coming soon. Especially with how good McLaren's been doing. Um, even though Norris obviously lost some places and um, someone else who gained a lot of places on the contrary was Max Verstappen. He went from 20th back of the grid to second at the end of the grid. Just how impactful do you think this race was now that the drivers, uh, Hamilton and Max, are only split by two points, will be for the total contention for the title as it's the end of the season, seven races, two points difference, seven races to go. How close do you think they'll battle for the last remaining races, Jack? I think it'll be extremely close for the remaining of the seven races. You know, personally, I think that Hamilton is one of the best drivers in Formula One history, and this is proven by his 100th win um, in the last Grand Prix. And uh, this is definitely a well-deserved achievement. But personally, I think that um, Max Verstappen isn't affected by this. Despite him um, maybe being a bit discouraged, I think it can also encourage him to perform better and keep the, the title as close as, keep the competition as close as possible for either Hamilton's eighth title first. Louis, what, what about you? What are your points? What's your point of view on this? Uh, this yeah, I, I think I, I agree with both of what um, you two said, obviously, with um, both Hamilton and Verstappen having the ups and downs throughout the duration of the season. Um, and to see that they're still battling so closely with only a, um, a two-point difference after the Grand Prix in Sochi, uh, I think is just showing how competitive these two drivers are and that we could be looking at one of the greatest rivalries um, in Formula One history. Um, yeah, compared to the likes of Prost and Senna, and I really think this is great for the sport. Uh, and, you know, after Mercedes' dominance for the past, you know, seven years or so, um, yeah, I think it's great to see. I really think you can't, you can't predict who's going to win. Well, yeah. I'm just looking now. It's a, a bit annoying, in my opinion, how Mercedes have built a gap again over Red Bull and the constructors, about 30 points with only seven races left just really shows that Mercedes still have that edge. And who knows, maybe there will be a DNF for both Mercedes drivers and then Red Bull can catch up again. But in my point of view, I don't really think Red Bull has the edge this season to get over Mercedes. What do you guys think in terms of constructors and how many races we have left? I actually disagree with that. I think um, both Paris and um, Verstappen and the team itself have this um, this will to reach the top and beat Mercedes, especially after having tried to do so for, for a while now. I really think this could be their year. And uh, 
And yeah, I mean, I really strongly believe that they can beat Mercedes and get that Constructors' Championship that they've been wanting for a while now. But don't you think it, it will have to come with a DNF or like think, a major yeah. slip-up by Mercedes? Because as it stands, although Bottas, you know, he's not doing his best season ever, Perez really isn't, yeah, Perez isn't adding that second driver, which maybe we thought they had at the start of the season. He's not performing well in qualifying. Then he was all the way up to third during the Sochi race, but then obviously the pit stops at the end kind of messed them up. So you you think, think, yeah, definitely luck is involved in these, uh, in these situations. I think that if, if, um, if Perez can, perform well in qualifying, maybe start towards the top of the grid or higher than what he does now, and maybe reach that those podiums that um, his teammate Verstappen does, I think that can definitely give the the final push for Red Bull. You know, we, we you two are talking about the fact that maybe Perez isn't adding what um, Verstappen uh, is giving the team. However, I think you know, it's fair to to say that he's managed to fit into the team really well. And and um, we must remember that it is only his first year within the team. Uh, and he's definitely outperformed, in my opinion, the likes of Albon and uh, Pierre Gasly. And in my opinion, looking into the future, Red Bull have been given that second driver um, who will be able to compete, I think. And just to add on to that, this is, you know, Verstappen's always been at Red Bull, but the points have always, the high points have always solely come from, you know, Verstappen himself. Whereas now I believe that with the addition of someone who can compete in the sport, if we give Perez maybe another two years at Red Bull, I think he could um, be competing closely with Verstappen. Well, especially with the rule changes next year, it'll be completely different. And the future is going to have very big changes for the sport. But I, I just hope for the remaining races, there's there's not like the big gap that we normally have, two, three drivers who are all up front, and then we just constantly see them lapping the back markers. I hope it stays as close as this Sochi race was because it really made for for no boring parts of the race. Every pit stop was important. For example, McLaren messed up uh, Daniel Ricciardo's pit stop, making it six seconds long. And he instantly lost four or five places, which he would have uh, stayed ahead of if the pit stop was the normal two, 2.5 seconds long. And that just shows how tight it is right now and how entertaining the sport is. Yeah, I, yeah, I think I, you go. I think it's very unlucky for McLaren, despite it being their fault, you know, after a great race in Italy, a 1-2. If they can keep up what they did in in Italy, I think they can also reach very high in the Constructor Championship, but not also in the, but also in the the Drivers' Championship, mostly for Norris. Yeah. Go ahead, Louis, what were you saying? Yeah, no, to, to add on what you just said, I think there is a strong opportunity for Norris to end up third there on the Drivers' um, Championship. You know, Valtteri Bottas with 151 points and Norris with 139. If we look at the way that um, not only McLaren, but Norris in particular has been performing, 
um, I think there is definitely a chance that he could take that third spot on the Drivers' Championship. Yeah, I completely agree. Yeah. I think someone else who's cool to look at is obviously Russell, Mr. Saturday. He's made, he's gotten 16 points this season. And in all his previous seasons, he never managed to get a single point for Williams. Of course, he had that one race with Mercedes where he scored, I think, one or two points. But now with Williams, he's already got 16. It just shows that maybe next season with Mercedes, he can really challenge for something great and put up a fight against Hamilton, which clearly Bottas isn't showing. Do you guys think he's got that potential yeah, with the car? Yeah. I completely agree with that as well. I think that this change um, between um, Russell and Bottas will definitely have probably a positive effect on Mercedes. And I think, I don't know, it could bring them back to where, where they were before at even further distance to Red Bull or whichever car is going to have um, even more potential next year. Uh, yeah, I, I think those are all very um, valid points, I'd say. And it is very exciting to see what's to come. Um, I'd like, we sort of drifted away from uh, the race in Sochi, and I'd like to just get back onto it for, for a point, which is the last, um, say, eight laps of the race or so, or actually five laps from lap 48-53, where we saw that. Um, a massive change in the in the grid spots and everyone moving places with the introduction of the rain, uh, where Norris lost seven places from first to eighth because, you know, obviously of the mistake uh, involving the pit stop where we saw him go off track a couple times. Uh, and what was really impressive for me is just in the space of five laps, Verstappen was able to go up by five places. Um, you know, because obviously of his team strategy, uh, which was very healthy, I think, for his competition with Hamilton. And I was saying during the race, um, if he was to stay where he was, which was in um, seventh, uh, yeah, seventh place, there would be quite a large difference. I mean, it would only be a difference of nine points between Hamilton and Verstappen. I believe, but the fact he was able to get there into second place, I think was, was great. Especially because he started 20th, Hamilton started yeah. fourth, and somehow both of them still managed to get the one, two. It just shows that really out of all drivers, although nearly every person on the grid deserves to be in F1, it really shows that these two drivers constantly managed to be at the top and that's why they're competing against each other. And Hamilton, he decides to listen to his team. He doesn't make the mistake Norris did, and he wins. You know, it just, I think all things came together, and they finished one, two, just shows like the beauty of the sport and how things kind of work out if you, if you are the best. Yeah. Yeah. I think it just shows Verstappen's, um, his willingness to be at the top to be, despite being much younger and having less experience than Hamilton, to be just right behind him. It's, it's incredible, I think. I think it shows how, how much potential he has and he still has to, to reach maybe one of the best in the, in the sport in the future. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, I agree.
I think maybe, maybe are there any other points you would like to discuss from the Russian Grand Prix? Because um, there was something I wanted to talk about that we could stem away from the Russian I mean, I, Grand Prix. I was going to ask, who are your guys' uh, drivers of the day? Uh, Anna, would you like to go first? Well, I think I think Verstappen obviously had a really good drive, but just because Norris did so bad, I, I kind of want to make him feel a bit better and give him driver of the day because it was just you know, holding the lead the whole time and then maybe a little naivety, not listening to his team. And maybe you guys kind of convinced me it was his fault, although originally I thought it was the team's fault. I just think he skill-wise drove the best, and that's why I think he deserves it. Yeah, I reckon you could give him driver of the weekend for qualifying. Then, but you know, I disagree with that. I actually think Verstappen definitely got driver of the day for the race, starting from last um, and reaching second position. Despite there being huge quantities of luck, there's also the same amount of quantities of skill, which depend from you to become last to second. And maybe if Hamilton had messed up, he could have potentially won the race as well. So that's that's why I think Verstappen is is my driver of the day. Yeah, um, I think obviously for me, uh, it is important to commend Verstappen for for his efforts during the race and the the fact he managed to get from the back of the grid to um, second at the end of the race was. Um, I think very impressive and just demonstrates his skill. However, I think we, we mustn't shy away from Daniel Ricciardo, who remained very consistent throughout the race and was actually able to hold back Valtteri Bottas um, in the last laps of the race. Uh, and obviously, uh, Bottas being one of the first to pit and change his tires, um, I think it was a great effort by Ricciardo. Uh, and yeah. he really showed that he was able to withstand that pressure. Uh, which yeah, just is, w- one more thing, but for, sorry, do you keep going? Yeah, I just, just was going to say, which is also great for the McLaren um, team as a whole, just for their position in the Constructors' Championship. Yeah, just one more thing. I was going to say that I think credits should also be given to signs. To signs. Uh, I think overall a great weekend, especially after been a bit of a difficult period for Ferrari at the moment I think um, overall he's he's been performing maybe not better but he's also been a bit luckier than Leclerc has but I think um, getting that uh, second position in qualifying and then ending up third despite of all the of the mess that occurred during the race I think that just shows also his qualities and uh that whenever he performs well, he can really achieve great things. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. So, yeah, I was thinking maybe we um, would mention, uh, due to the fact we haven't had a podcast in a while, you know, we've had the introduction of sprint qualifying for the first time in Formula One with the introduction of it in Great Britain uh, and at the Italian Grand Prix. I just wanted to ask Arno what your opinions were on how that went. Well, I think sprint qualifying is it's a very cool idea. Although 
as the cars they simply go flat out i feel there's not always as many chances to overtake and it kind of gives the better cars for example russell who does very well on a saturday because it's single lap pace he can qualify very highly but then he kind of gets negatively affected by spring qualifying because his car doesn't have the necessary multiple lap race the 18 18 laps like he doesn't have the pace to withstand some cars behind him for that long and i feel it may be a little unfair for him in that case but overall of course for the fans i think it's great and for myself i love watching it because it's very intense and there's there's obviously a lot of overtakes i just feel that not for all drivers on the grid is it as beneficial yeah i completely agree with arno i was actually going to say that it's definitely much more intense which makes it much better for the viewers to enjoy rather than just a normal qualifying um, experience. But it's also definitely unfair, as Arno said. Yeah, I think... Can you uh, review, Louis? Yeah, no, I actually think that was a very interesting take on it, um, which I actually hadn't thought of before. Um, but now I, I do completely see what you mean. Um, obviously, the faster cars being dominant, and it does... Um, neglect the fact that some some drivers may be very good in qualifying, but when it comes to sprint qualifying, I think it is all about the car. But um, <clears throat> hopefully uh, with the new regulations of next year, it should make sprint qualifying a little bit closer. I definitely think next season it'll be a completely different sport. The, the car looks very different the wheels are a lot bigger new regulations budget caps it'll be it'll be very interesting and excited just like how this season's been going i think the sport is headed somewhere very nice i think it'll even be more exciting than this season you know big difference from last year um and then there's going to be an even further difference from this year next next season which is just better for the sport i think you know more attraction yeah. Um, yeah, I definitely agree. Would you Would you guys like to talk about any of the other driver transfers that that we saw occur in the past few months? I think Albon back into the sport will be will be nice because I really like the the trio that him, Norris, and uh, Russell make. I think they're good fun and the social media exposure that F one has. Yeah. They managed to cover really well how this friendship that they have, and it just shows that although F1 is probably the most competitive sport out there in terms of individual drivers, but also among teams, I just think that this this friendliness they have between each other is is a nice touch to the sport. Yeah, I agree. I really hope that maybe in the future, uh, Probably not now, not anytime soon, maybe. But Schumacher gets his uh, his chance in a better car. I think he has a lot of potential, and uh, hopefully he'll be able to show it show it anytime soon. Yeah, definitely. What what do we what do you guys think about um, Valtteri Bottas moving to Alfa Romeo? I think it's a good, it's definitely a good a good thing for. For um, Mercedes, it's definitely going to bring them better results, I think. Despite him being a great driver, 
I don't think he's right for Mercedes anymore. And uh, I think he'll also he'll also do very well in uh, in Alfa Romeo, despite it being a worse car. He'll definitely enjoy himself. Arnold, uh, what do you think? I I don't think that much of it. I I think it's good he stays in the sport because he he deserves to stay there. But Alfa Romeo, they they don't challenge very much, so I don't think he'll be he'll be pleased to stay. But he'll obviously be annoyed. He has near zero chances, I think, next season to get a race win unless there's a very rare situation which comes. Yeah, I think um, uh, Bottas seemed to be very optimistic about the move where he believes that Alfa Romeo can make, and he said, a good leap forward when he joins them next year, uh, obviously thanks to F1's new regulations. Uh, so I think it will be very interesting to see how he performs. Obviously, I still think Alfa Romeo will be remaining uh, within the fight of the midfield teams, but you know, everything could change with the new regulations and it is unpredictable, I'd say. But uh, in, in terms of Bottas's future, I think it was the right decision for him. You know, I think, in my opinion, he's been regarded as the, the second driver of Mercedes and uh, unfair. So, sort of lacks the credit he deserves because he's always, you know, in in the darkness um, of Lewis Hamilton. He's always got the light shining on him uh, because of his greatness. And I, I think a driver like Valtteri Bottas does deserve more than that. I think that's well said, though. Yeah. We'll have to wait and see how he performs because it may be that he has maybe lost his touch a little and and. He, Maybe the season afterwards, he'll have to have to be swapped out for some new F2 drivers. But I think that's the cycle of the sport, you know? There's the start and there's the end where old drivers retire or, yeah, and, uh, and new drivers with great potential come in. And, uh, and there's the cycle, you know? And yeah, it's all part of the cycle where they move from F2 up to F1 and then like Grosjean, they move to different sports, different uh, different racing. Definitely won't be the end for racing for him. He'll definitely move on to something else. Yep. Um, yeah, I think um, just to wrap up soon, Giacomo, I wanted to ask you about your thoughts on Hamilton's success and... Uh, you know, obviously getting his um, 100th win in Formula One and what you thought about this. Yeah, I mean, as I said before, I think he's one of probably one of the best drivers, not only right now, but in the history of Formula One. You know, not many people um, have achieved what he's achieved and it's definitely well-deserved. Um, I think that this can give him a strong push for the... For competing for the title but as again as i said before i think max verstappen he doesn't seem to me like the type of person who gets um less motivated when someone else performs better than him but actually quite the opposite he'll be willing to perform even better um 
as Hamilton achieves even more successes. And uh, this will make it extremely interesting towards the end. I think it'll be extremely close and uh, entertaining for the viewers and for the two drivers, I hope. You know, because at the end of the day, there's competition, but there's always friendship in the sport. Yep. Uh, maybe for look of a better word, I think friendship might not be the right one. Maybe it's... Yeah, uh, I was thinking. Uh -huh. It's a mutual, mutual appreciation of each other's skill yeah, might exactly. be better than friendship. Yeah, <laughs> you know the best of friends, the two of them. Especially after the crash. Well, I, I wouldn't, you know, describe it uh, negatively. I think, you know, in every sport, um, racing or, incident, or team sport, I'd say, there's always going to be uh, a rivalry. But I think, you know, this is a healthy rivalry. As like Giacomo said, it's constantly pushing Verstappen to outperform Hamilton. And obviously, uh, I think as we can see, it's not demotivating him in any way. Um, so I do think it's quite healthy. Yeah. What do you guys think about like after the crash in uh, in Italy? Do you think uh, it will affect anything in any way between the two or the teams or or other drivers? I think the the biggest effect it could have had would have been in this race, the next so obviously the next race, and. Not much happened. I think Verstappen accepted it was his fault and he should have given the corner and up to Hamilton earlier. He got a penalty. I think they both realize it's it's a racing incident and when you're pushing so hard for the title, it, it will happen eventually or it, it's part of the sport and I don't think they think too sour of it. Obviously, both annoyed they didn't score points, but I guess if one of them were not to score points for the title, it's better if they both don't score points. So I'm not sure they were that annoyed about it. Yeah, I also think it gives a higher chance of other drivers to perform well, as it did for Ricardo, and uh, giving him his first win of the season, and in a while, actually. Um, but yeah, I completely agree with what Arno said. Yeah, um, I think I think we'll, we'll have to see where it goes from here. Um, but, you know, like Arno said, I think they both accepted it. And um, it'll be exciting to see where this rivalry brings us in the next seven races. Yeah. All right, guys. I mean, if you guys don't have any, anything else to say, I guess we can wrap it up here for today's episode. Yep. So thanks a lot for listening. Um, and we're looking forward to... The next Grand Prix. The Turkish, the Turkish Grand Prix. Turkish Grand Prix, um, which is from the 8th to the 10th of October. So we'll see what happens there. We'll see. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Thank you. See you. Goodbye.